0: To Hockey Night in New York, the Premier Live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Saturday, November 23rd, 2019. Coming at you live from the Oyster Bay Brewery in Oyster Bay. Thanks a lot for coming down, ladies and gentlemen. Got a big pregame podcast coming up for you tonight before the Islanders take on the San Jose Sharks at 10.30. Going to try to make it 17 straight games with a point. Let's see if they can do it with a victory. Happy to be here, excited to be here. Christian Arnold of Isles Insight is going to be joining us in a little while to talk about the New York Islanders and everything that is going on. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always is Mr. Tony Stabale. Tony. How are you? What's up, Shawnee? What's going on, pal? Happy How are we doing, everybody? How are we doing out there, folks? Can you hear us? That sounds like they can. Excellent. Excellent. Road to 17, everybody. Here we go. Here we go. So, plenty to talk about because this team is a freight train right now. They refuse to lose. They already broke a franchise record. 16 straight with a point. One small, tiny blemish. With that third period lead that they gave up against the Penguins a week or two ago, it was almost 16 straight wins. That would have been nice. But you know what? We'll take 15 out of 16.
1: If we have to. That's okay. We do what we have to. We're okay with that. We roll with the punches here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So a little shout-out to Devin from Yes Men Outfitters, who has set up shop here at Oyster Oyster Bay Brewery. He's hanging around here somewhere. He's going to be selling his merch. He's got some brand-new sweatshirts he's going to want to show you guys. So that's great stuff. Big shout-out to Brian from Isles Meetups. He's here. He's got the Islander crew here hanging out. All good stuff. And we have a a birthday, I believe. Tom Lafaso from the Orange and Blue Army. Yes. So maybe a little happy birthday to him. Not sure if he made it yet, but happy birthday. Big shout out to the Orange and Blue Army Army crew for coming down tonight. So a big Islander collective here to talk about and watch this game that's going on. The San Jose Sharks, Tony. Let's start talking about them. Uh, Very slow out of the gate. Don't know why. They have a great team on paper. Took a while for them to get it going, but they have recently won seven out of their last eight games. So definitely not an easy task here tonight. San Jose's playing the way that they should. Everybody knows they got a good squad. You look at the names that they have, Logan Couture on down the line. So, Tony, let's start with that. Talk a little about, bit about the Sharks and uh, what the Islanders have coming up tonight.
1: Oh, well, you would think with the defense that they have with Eric Carlson with Brett Burns, I mean, uh, uh, Vlasic on, on, on D, their goaltending with Martin Jones and uh, Aaron Dell, I mean, you you would think that this team would be much better defensively than they have been so far, but their goaltenders have gotten off to a terrible start. Defense hasn't really been there. They haven't gotten a lot out of, uh, out of Eric Carlson. He's only started to put it together over the last couple of uh, games. So, yeah, I mean, it, this is a game where, you know, the Islanders are going in. They, you know, they're the hot team. Everyone is looking at them right now. They're finding ways to win. So this is, this is something that they, they can continue on this road if they, need, if, if they can.
0: Yeah, and you talk about the goaltending. I mean, the numbers are pretty atrocious. Both guys are, I believe, under 900 right yeah. now as far as save percentage goes. So you look at the Islanders. You look at all the goals they're scoring now. You see all these guys hot right now, Matt Barzell, Anthony Bavillier, Brock Nelson, and they're going to want to get shots to the net. They're going to want to pounce on these guys. Whoever is, is Dell starting, I didn't even look. Who's starting for the Sharks tonight?
1: Uh, I, I don't know if I saw who's going to start. It, it, I, if I had a guess, we'll I'd out. say it was Jones. I'll deal. take a look. I'll it find. doesn't
0: matter, though. Regardless, whoever's in net, they've got to get really shots matter. on. they got to pounce on this guy and make sure they're just getting a barrage in there because, again, the, the scoring for the Islanders has been red hot, and they got to keep it going. So let's talk a little bit about the guys who are scoring goals for this team. You look at that second line right now. Brendan Burke on Twitter is trying to find a, a nickname for them. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's settled on one yet, but you got, you got Derek Brassard who's been absolutely lights out since he got bumped up to the second line as a winger. Now mm-hmm. he was brought in to be the third line center. That didn't exactly work out so well in the first eight games of the season. But here we are on the wing. He's playing with Nelson. He's playing with Beauvillier and all three of those guys are just playing phenomenal. Let's see if they can keep it going for the length of the season. But for now, they're playing great. Talk a little bit about those guys. Yeah, I mean,
1: Broussard has been a revelation going, moving from center to the wing. Uh, he's got 16 points in 20 games. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he's really kind of brought that line together. And can you say enough about Brock Nelson and what he has done? He has a great season last year under Barry Trotz. He comes in this year. He has been even better than that. He's had almost a point a game. Uh, he, he had a little bit of a rough start. The thing that really to for me for Brock is that he made that that fatal error in overtime that caused him to lose the one game against Pittsburgh. Came out the next game, scores the game winning goal in that game, has right. another big, and has been on a run ever
0: since. So you gotta you gotta give a lot of credit to Brock Nelson. There. Oh no question. I mean look, two straight overtime game winners. I mean not exactly you wanted to see the the way you wanted to see the game finish the other night, giving up that late goal. But these guys, they didn't falter. They went out there for overtime. Brock Nelson once against a hero. Hint, hint. And, yeah. uh, you He's know, got four game-winning goals so far this year. No other out right. there
1: has more than one except him. He's got four.
0: You know, the early season, as we know, everybody talks about Brocktober. We're almost through November. The guy's still red hot. He's basically a point-of-game player right now. And let's see if he can keep it going. I mean, look. He flourished under Barry Trotz last year. That was basically his coming out party. So I I see no reason why this guy is going to falter here. So Brock Nelson definitely... You know, serving his job here as a second-line center looking great.
1: Absolutely. Brovember, man. It's Brovember.
0: Brovember, but with an EAU now, Mm -hmm. because Anthony Beauvillier Mm -hmm. has jumped into the early season hotness right now. Let's talk about him. I got to say, this is probably his strongest stretch of his career right now. I mean, he's had some ups and downs since he came into the NHL, but he's on a four-game goal streak right now. His chemistry with Broussard and Brock Nelson just looks like magic out there, and you can tell they're having a lot of fun, and and it's interesting, you, you see a very um, very quick bond of friendship here between Broussard and Bavillier. I mean, any time one of those two guys are scoring goals, I mean, they, they're just smiling ear to ear. They're having a great time out there.
1: Yeah, no, they're, they're having fun. They really are. And, and I, I mentioned it on one of the shows we did earlier on in the season. You know, you could see there's a connection there between Bavillier and Broussard. Those guys are, are both French-Canadian players. You could you could just tell. I mean, when Pavilia got his first goal of the season, you know, Broussard went out and looked for him. When he made a good play, when he makes a good play, you could see that there's a connection between those two guys. And there's no, in my opinion, there's no way that that's not part of everything that's going on here. Those guys have a are, you know, they have some chemistry going. And with Nelson in the middle, I mean, look, that's a really solid second line right now.
0: And and speaking of Brock Nelson, there there's been some uh, Twitter detectives out there. I don't know if you guys saw this. But he's he's a bit of a troll out there, Brock Nelson. You saw after uh, one of the goals the other night. Did you see the Did you see the clip yes. where he smacked Murray's I pads did. with the stick?
1: Did. That was so great. I mean,
0: pretty out of line, but I'll take it. That was it. <laughs> on Pavilia's goal, if I'm not
1: mistaken, wasn't I it? I believe
0: you're right. I believe you're right. And then uh, he scores the, the game winner in overtime, and he flaps his wings. Maybe a little little dig at the Penguins there. I don't I know. Maybe saw it's a stretch. Too. But you look at that. You look at what he did in the playoffs against the Hurricanes last year. After he scored that goal, and he tapped he tapped uh, the goalie's helmet. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of looked foolish for that afterwards because they end up losing, and then he gets a, a tap on the head from uh, what's-his-name on, uh, on Carolina, Dougie Hamilton, right, if you right. remember, on yes, the, uh, on I the remember. handshake yes, line. Exactly. And I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I absolutely would have done the same thing. So, I mean, it's funny because Brock Nelson, he's so low-key, he doesn't say much. You know, he's, uh, he's very even keel when you get a, when you get an interview out of him. Doesn't show a lot of emotion, but you see him out in the ice, and he's, he's uh, involved in a lot of tomfoolery out there.
1: No, and bro, I don't even. I don't even think I know what Brock Nelson's voice sounds like. I mean, <laughs> really, if how many interviews he's actually done over the years? I mean, I, in the years that I was in that room, I don't remember talking to him at one time. I mean, he's, right. he's not a guy who's out there every single game. But as he's gone on, and as Barry has given him more and more responsibility, the, the guy has stepped up. I mean, you, you can't. You see him. In, you know, with the, on the post game, you see him. He's vocal out there on the ice. You give a lot. I, I got to give him a lot of credit. Took a lot of shit from this, from this, uh, you know, from this fan base. And uh, you know, look, how many times did we want to drive him to the airport? I mean, no, it's, absolutely. Give no, him a lot I mean, of look, credit, man. I give him a lot of credit.
0: Look, some of these guys that have come into this team, you know, in their early going, they've they've had some ups and downs. They've had some rough mm-hmm. patches. I mean, look no further than Josh Bailey. Uh, okay. Look at I mean, Anthony Caffrey. And look, just because of how passionate these Islander fans are, you know, they want to see results immediately. You know, especially, look, these guys are first-round picks. You want to see, you know, everything going well right away. But for some of these guys, it's going to take some time. And, 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 you know, maybe everybody doesn't want to hear that, but you got to have some patience. And, and now look at the way these guys are flourishing all at the same time. Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, Anthony Mcvillay all mm-hmm. under Barry Trotz. Now, I want to focus on that man for a second. How tremendous has Barry Trotz been for these New York Islanders? Uh, he's this? been unbelievable. Uh, come on, guys. Brock, <laughs> Barry Trotz, folks. Let's go. Really? Uh, wow. All right. Come on. You need a right. better Maybe, than maybe that. a Come few on. more drinks. All right. Still early. I get, I get it. But yeah. All right. We'll, we'll try again <laughs> later. That's fine. But yeah. Barry Trotz, folks. I mean, the guy is basically, he's Gandalf. He's the Oracle. I mean, at this point, he may be the he- Heavenly Father himself coming <laughs> here to Long Island. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to start the Church of Barry Trotz. It might as well. I mean, uh, uh, I see a lot of nodding out there. I like that. Yes, yes. All right. Thanks. Thanks and praise. Thanks and praise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll 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 see that. We don't want to anger anybody out there just yet. And we we got a Garth Snow mention over here. We're we're we're, we're trying to keep people happy, so maybe <laughs> we'll talk about him a little later. But Barry Trotz has been absolutely tremendous. And hey, you see how good this team is doing right now. Even though they're not first in the standings, it's only by way of the fact that they played less games. They make up a couple of games in hand here, and they're probably first overall in the league. Now, if that happens, let this get this guy behind the bench at the All-Star Game this year. Let's see Barry oh, yeah. Trotz represent the New York Islanders at the All-Star Game. How does that sound? Okay, one guy is into that. That's good. <laughs> we'll take one. We'll take one. You know what? You start there and you build. That's fine. That's not a problem. So here we are. We're singing Barry Trotz's praises here. But let's... Let's get back to the lineup, and let's talk about how that move, Derek Brassard, going to the second line. Now, all of a sudden, you kind of have you know, more top six guys than, than you can fit into that top six, and you have a casualty of Derek Broussard moving to that wing on the second line, and that is Mr. Josh Bailey. We've said his name already. Now, he's kind of been dubbed Barry Trotz's utility guy. He's going to be moving throughout the lineup. Uh, he he currently has a very interesting line right now. You have Otto Koivula centering him and Michael Call, And we, we saw that the other night. And we saw that Barry Trotz isn't exactly ready to trust Mr. Koivula right now. He, he got limited minutes on Thursday night. I don't think he saw much of the ice in the third period at all, to be honest with you. So we'll see how that line develops. Now, I like that a lot better than when he was flanking Casey Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck. But, Tony, why don't you chime in here? Talk about Josh Bailey and how he's going to fit in this lineup now that Derek Brassard has essentially taken his spot in the top six. I
1: mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, he really is the jack of all trades. He can do anything. He can be a playmaker. He can be a goal scorer. He could be a defensive player. I mean, there's so many different things that Josh Bailey can do. And you're going to see him... Up and down the lineup, you're going to see him on a penalty kill, especially with all the injuries that they've had. The Islanders get Matt Martin back now, so we're going to, you know, we're gonna, maybe you'll see a little bit more of him on a penalty kill. Maybe you see Josh Bay a little bit less on a penalty kill. You know, this you got a guy like this that you can use him anywhere, up and down on all on the first three lines of the lineup. So, I mean, Barry has showed you that he's going to utilize guys in the in the spot that he feels best for them. So, uh, I, you know, you, you have a player like that, you got to utilize them the way that you can. So. You know, he can, he's not just a playmaker anymore, which is what we thought
0: he was going to end up being. But right. He does it all. Right. No, absolutely. And let's talk about his line mates. Now, you get Otto Koivula coming up here, but let's focus on the guy on the other side, on the other wing right now. Let's talk about Michael Dal Cole. It's interesting. I've been looking at the Twitterverse, looking at some comments here, and I'm seeing some fans are kind of souring on this guy. Now, granted, we know he was, he was kind of the missing man not too long ago. I mean, people weren't even thinking about him on the roster at all. But he's earned himself a spot here. He's, he's not putting a lot of points. He's not really putting any points up on the board yet. But it seems like Barry Trotz and his coaching staff still likes what he's doing despite the lack of scoring. So, Tony, why don't you just talk about uh, Michael Cole and, and, and what this m- – you know, what this line might make for him now that he's actually playing with a, a good player in Josh Bailey and, and an unknown right now in Koivula.
1: Well, I mean, Cole has played with Nelson this year. He's moved up and down those top three lines. He's played, spent some time on a fourth line. Right. He has not produced at this level. I don't right. think the Islanders are ready to move on from him. I don't think that they're ready to cut bait with him. But, I mean, it's going to come a time where, you know, Michael Cole is going to have to produce at the NHL level. He hasn't done it numbers-wise. He's a guy who, you know, they spent a the high pick on. He had a great season year. Last year in the AHL, he came up, he did some nice things when he came up, but he's going he's to have to produce at some point. He's a goal scorer. He's not a fourth-line checker.
0: Well, now that you we acknowledge the fact that he's not putting up a lot of points here, I mean, what kind of leash do you give him? Are, are we Are we just satisfied with him, I guess, playing well defensively, playing well as far as preventing goals, not being a liability out there? What kind of leash do you give him? Or do you want to see somebody else get in there if he continues to put donuts up on the scoreboard? Well, look, I mean, as, is, as
1: of right now, I mean, Leo Komarov hasn't played the last two games, and he's somewhat healthy, so eventually he's going to work his way back into the lineup. You know Barry has yeah. a, role, a role for him there. Most likely. So that's going to happen, and, you know, I mean, look, we're, we're pretty much assured that Oliver Wallstrom is going to spend the rest of the year in the HL. He's not yeah, ready to I come up. Yeah, I think that's up. a given. So I, I don't think that that's happening. So, I mean, right now you have the first and second line set. Uh, you know, at, at this point, you can let him go out there and try to find his game. But, I mean, at some point or another... They mean, look, they're in the middle of a 16-game on, uh, you know, point streak. You know, you don't want to tinker with the lineup too much if you don't have to. So, no, they're still doubt. winning games and he's out there. You don't want to take him out of the lineup leave him out there.
0: As they say, Tony, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. exactly. But right now, let's go, Islanders. I love it. Yes, have a wonderful night. Thanks for coming down. Rock and roll. All right. So... I want to get another opinion in here. Mr. Christian Arnold from Isles Insight, please make your way to the quote-unquote stage. Please have a seat. We'd like you to join us here and talk a little New York Islanders. Yes, that is your microphone. Let's get you involved. So, Chris, first and foremost, I want to thank you for coming out. Really appreciate you making the trek from Long Beach. I understand you had a, a little bit of a difficult ride coming up, but, you know, we appreciate it, man. We do. Can you guys hear Chris? You can't, Tony. Would you do your job? I, I'm doing my for job. We're crying out loud. You're talking to the mic, man. Chris, try again. Oh, because we, we. Oh, that's why.
1: Because you put him over here. That's why. Go ahead one more talk. time.
0: Can you hear him? All right. Yes? No? Okay. Yes. Okay. Nah, All right. We're nah, good to go. Right. We're good. The, go. Tony, thanks so much for coming You're welcome. out tonight, no man. I really appreciate no it. No problem. Well, well, <laughs> you think columnist. this is easy until you got to do it yourself, pal. Let me tell you. I, pressing buttons, man. I get it. Up and down. So, I was complimenting
2: well. you guys that you guys do always do put on a good show, and uh, it's always a fun
0: event. We appreciate that, Chris. So great to have you here. And then and Tony
2: didn't put my mic on, so, you
0: know. It, yeah, you know I what? Go. Yes. We're going to blame you. It's your fault. Naturally. Because <laughs> that's easy. So, Chris, 15 0 one Last 16 games, franchise record. I feel like every other day I'm looking at Twitter, I'm looking at NYISkinny.com by Eric Hornick, and there's some new record that's been broken or something they've done for the first time long time or second time long time that sort of thing so you're obviously very involved in what's going on with this team you have the pulse so just talk about what you're seeing out of this Barry Trotz led team in year two after the success they had last year
2: yeah I think it's I think it's a kind of an extenuation of what you saw from last year it's a team that's 100% bought into Barry Trotz's system it's a team that 100% believes in itself to, that they're going to win regardless if it's 3 nothing in the third period or they're winning 4-1 in the first period. I mean, this, this is a team that has all the confidence in the world and they're, they're playing like it. I mean, even that game against Pittsburgh where they blew the lead they were still and then they lost, they were still playing pretty well up until that third period. So right. this is an Islanders team that's finding all sorts of ways of winning and I think that's a testament to what the coaching staff has done and the uh, the uh, system that they've put in place. I mean, they're winning games from just outright beating teams to... Big comebacks to winning in the shootout, overtime. I mean, this is a team that finds ways to win all every time.
0: It's true. And what's so impressive to me is that, look, 82 games is a long season. And, and we saw what they did last year. We saw that they were a little slow out of the gate. I mean, granted, four games is literally nothing. But, like, people were already ready to, to – I don't want to say write this team ready? off. but Ready? They were writing it off, bro.
1: It was right. good game. Four season's games. over. Send everybody home. Right. Cancel the rest trades, of the games. Trades,
0: trades, trades. Yeah. All it took was four Lou
1: lost it. He's games. lost it. Remember? Remember, Lou? Oh, Lou is he's, the game is yeah, passed him by. I know, and I know.
0: Look, look. It's 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 what have you done for me lately? I get it. I understand. But you gotta let the team breathe a little bit. And it took them till mid December last year. This year it took four games, and they're the hottest team in the league. Now, granted, that's not without their faults, and I guess I want to talk to you a little bit about that, Chris. I mean, I know it's tough because, you know, they don't lose, (laughs) but what are you seeing in their game that if you had to nitpick, right, if you had to make them a more perfect team than they can be right now, what are you seeing out there that can improve this team?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing, especially in the last couple games, has been their starts. They've been very slow out of the gate, and they've got to compensate in the next couple periods. Um, You know, the game against Pittsburgh at Barclays Center the other night, they were outshot. Um, like 6-1 to one through the first 10 minutes or something like that, and they only had a, another one shot on that in the second period to get out of the gate. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is the fact that the Islanders need to just have better starts here, especially in the last couple games. You're seeing the systems there. Uh, they're playing their game eventually, but it's something even Barry Trotz and then Scott Mayfield and a lot of those guys said is their starts just need to be better. And, um, you know, you got that sense even after they won uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins after they got the record-setting 16 straight point a game with a point, uh, all those guys in the locker room weren't talking about, "Oh, it's great, we set his- a record." We ha- right. You know, there's a little bit of history here. They were talking, you know, it was great, but there's a lot of stuff that we have to fix.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Christian: Do you buy that? Do you think they're not thinking about it? Because look, if I was on one of these professional hockey teams, and, and that's that's not to say that I would let these records and these milestones right. maybe take over my mindset. But come on, they got to be thinking about it at least a little bit.
2: I would buy it. Like, it's 50-50. I think there's a part okay. of them that's, that's like, all right, it's whatever. We're, we can't focus on that because we have to be professionals. There's, there's definitely a part of it, too, where they're like, holy crap, we could set a record tonight. It's just a matter of I think it depends on the player you're talking to. If Scott Mayfield may admit it a little bit more than, like, uh, you know, an Anders Lee or a Josh Bailey. Those guys have been through it forever, and they kind of know they have to be professional. And they won't ever say something like that. Hey, like, this is so cool that we set a record. Um, so I think it kind of, A, it depends on the player you're talking to, and B, I, I think it's just part of them definitely thinks about it, but they don't let it consume them, and I think that's the biggest thing. If you let something like that consume you, then it becomes very easy to get caught up in it. It becomes very easy to get caught up in your own um, good headlines like the Islanders have had the last couple of weeks.
0: Right.
1: Chris, you've been around this team now for what? This is nine years, right? Is Something this, like that. It, My it's, God, it's crazy. I mean, oh, I know nine, you. 10 years. I know you look
0: young, but you've been around this for quite a while. No, I didn't know they let minors up in the press box. Yes, yes, that's unbelievable. Covering and, and you, and so you've so. been there into your adulthood, so that's very <laughs> impressive. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, they, well and so you didn't get a parking spot. They gave him like a little bike rack. And I give you a lot of there.
0: credit for still laughing at those jokes because they <laughs> gotta be old by now. I mean, you see them all the time: Brian, Compton, and, and myself, Tony, everybody. Because you know what? That's all we got, buddy.
2: I, I really. Well, That's all we got because Compton's jealous he's not as young as I am anymore. I get. Yeah, that you guys makes are just sense. just good I get nature, it. but I think Compton, <laughs> the age thing is just catching up with BC. So he's trying to he's trying to compensate for that. Uh, and B Comps not here to defend himself. Yeah, but I'm sure. He'll jump, Brian I'm Compton. sure he'll will
1: hear <laughs> something from him. Over over the next day or two. But. We might, we might. All right, so you've been around this team for a long time. Yes. Okay, you've been through the lowest of lows, yes. and now you're in the higher of, no, I'm not the highest of highs, but you're. They're you're they're this is a really well, yeah. good run that they're on, right? Tell me, Decent. and we started talking about this a little bit before you came on, tell me what the difference that you feel when you walk into that press box and you walk into that building, because from the people that we've spoken to, right. Andrew, Brian, it's totally different. It's totally different.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got that sense even the day one you walked into training camp last year. I think I, ta- I talked about this the last year too, when I've been on a couple times too. It's the fact that it's just there's a different sense in the room, and I don't really know how to put it into words because it's it's something you walk in and you're like, wow. You know, I remember when Scott Gordon was there. You know, well, I remember when Doug Wade was there. I remember when Jack Capuano was there. Oh,
1: that was bad. It was
2: 100 percent different than it is now. There's there's a 100 percent sense of accountability. These guys go in there with. A bit of a workman's-like mentality. And there's also some more laid-backness to it. They know they're playing well. There's a lot of confidence in that room. They know that they are a team that can play with anyone on any given night. And they've obviously shown that the last couple weeks. And, uh, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. You just get the sense that the culture has shifted in that locker room.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. And, and, you know, we we, we talk about the church of Barry Trotz, but you still can't (laughs) leave out Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. I mean, this guy, even though he hasn't... Made as many deals as maybe some fans want, and, and maybe there's still some to come. But you, you have to think about what's going on behind the scenes, too, that we're never going to see. Right. I mean, you may get a little more insight into that than we do, but at the end of the day, we don't see those closed-room conversations. We don't see the literally the general managerial things right, that this right. guy is doing to make sure that this team is playing, acting professionally and doing what they have to do both on and off the ice to be a successful team. So, you know, it bothers me a bit when fans are quick to just kind of dismiss Lou Lamarillo's presence with this team. I think you have to
2: say it starts with him.
0: And, you know, he's the guy that got Barry Trotz here. And not everybody can say say right. could do that.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing. You wanna if you wanna complain I guess about the lack of acquisitions. Well Barry Trotz isn't the head coach of the New York Islanders if Lou Lamarillo isn't here beforehand. I mean, that really set the dominoes in effect to fall in favor of the Islanders. Lou Amarillo comes here. Barry Trotz is now more inclined to listen to him, have conversations with him, and then sign on as the Islanders head coach. You, obviously, he made some more death moves than star moves, I guess you could say. Even sure. though he did go after Panarin, they did make a couple attempts to go after some big-name free agents right. during Stone. this offseason. Yep. Didn't pan out. Right. But maybe, maybe sometimes the best laid plans are just sticking with what you got, and it was kind of a 50-50 kind of thing for the Islanders. Obviously, they were trying to upgrade their top six forwards. On the other other side, they didn't, didn't happen, but they still got better almost because of the players that they did bring in.
0: And I was going to say... I'm sorry, Tony. I was going <laughs> to save this for later on in the show, but, I mean, now that it came out, now that you brought it up, and the top six is, I mean, not all of them, and I want to talk about a couple of those guys too. Sure. But overall, the production from the top six is pretty good right now. Yeah. And... We have a couple of guys who need to pick up their production. Again, we'll talk about them a little later. But if there is a trade to be made, if there is a need that this team has, is it still a top six forward that everybody's been talking about for a long time? Or is it now, depending on how a guy like Otto Koivula can fill that third line center spot, is that the need now? Is that the most important thing that they may need to address if and when they feel like they need to make a move at all?
2: I think if, I, my own personal opinion is, if they still need to make a move, I still would go top six forward. I still want okay. to you want to have another. Top you still six forward wanna in there. You want to bump the depth forward. down, right? Gotcha. The, if, let's say you have you bring in another top six, six forward, you have enough guys on in that roster and in the locker room that can kind of maneuver, and you can put guys in different places, and it'll work out for the Islanders. So I don't necessarily know. if if there is a move to even be made at that point. I think that will kind of be determined by what the Islanders' injury s- uh, situation looks like later on. when we get close to the deadline where the Islanders are in the standings at that point. And obviously it goes back to what, a lot of what Lemrel said last year, which was that if there's a move to be made that makes the team significantly better, he'll go out there and make it. He's not going to make a deal that just makes them parallel different. Like They're, they're not the same team afterwards they are beforehand.
1: Well, you got to look at Lou, and and, and you got to give him credit for that also, because he didn't make a trade just to make a trade. Right. He didn't make an acquisition just because he felt pressure from you know fan base or whatever the case was. You know, he's doing what he feels is right, and you know his feel. And Barry's feel right now is that the team that's on the ice gives them the best chance to win on a night-in, night-out basis. And he's also shown the fact that they'll take guys out of the lineup right. when they don't feel that they should play. And he sat Martin earlier in the years. He sat Kamala right. the last couple of days. So he obviously know he They have a pulse on what's going on with the team. And I feel like Lou and, and Barry are, are seeing right on eye on it.
0: And I think that's encouraging to fans. Because in the past, you had coaches... Well, I mean, I guess Jack Capuano because he's the most recent guy for a few years. That was pretty stubborn going with, you know, certain guys, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. based on contract status, maybe based on veteran status. And I think up until maybe even this year with Barry Trotz, because there was a lot of, you know, complaints about Kamaroff being a lineup as much as he was last year, but we're seeing this year now that they have as much, as many options as they have now, that he is willing to sit some of these guys he's relied on in the past – to make sure he has the best lineup in, the oh, best players oh yeah, on the ice. hundred
2: percent, I would agree with that. That's the, you know Barry Trotz is not a, a guy who's afraid to sit. Like you were saying, he's not afraid to sit anyone in that lineup. And I mean, you always get the Andrew Ladd is not even right. with the Islanders exactly. right now. Exactly, he's down in Bridgeport. Yeah, exactly. and uh, but you you still see the why is a Ross Johnson in the lineup over so and so and. Um, so there, people are always opinionated and don't love the lineup every night. But the, but you look at it night in and night out, it's 100% better than what it would have been under different coaches. And these, and Barry Trotz is a guy who's not afraid to to mix things up. And, you know, he'll take out a Leo Komarov, who's huge for the Islanders on their penalty right. kill. And he's a Barry teams. favorite. Yeah, yeah. And, and you even heard it when Barry took him out for uh, Otto Koivula, who played in Philadelphia for the first time. It, you could hear in Trotz, from Trotz after the game that he was – That was a decision that was really tough for him because he he knows that uh, Komarov brings something that maybe doesn't necessarily show up on the scoreboard all the time, but he certainly brings something to the Islanders roster, whether it's physicality, whether it's his play in his own end, whether it's the penalty kill that some other guys just don't have.
0: Yeah, and you see that this winning formula that the team has, and, and even if you're not seeing it on the stat sheets, on the charts and graphs and all that, right. You know, maybe you're not seeing where Leo Komarov's production necessarily is coming from, from a number standpoint, but if Barry Trotz wants him on the ice, there's a reason for it. And I think oh, given the success that this team has had underneath him, you've got to give him a little bit of you know, credit here oh, and yeah. a little leash to do that.
2: <laughs> I, I think he's earned that. I mean, even before he came, before game one and set his lineup, he deserved all that, all the uh, flexibility he he wanted because the guy won a Stanley Cup last year in Washington. Uh, two he Two years did. ago in Washington. So, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. He's coached some pretty good teams down there, and him and Lamorell have really created a, a, a formidable duo here in New York.
0: Without a doubt. So now where I want to take it is to a couple of guys that I was hinting at before, and you talk about all the goal scoring that's Sean, going before, on right does, now.
2: Does Tony have a question, or is it just the... the sh- Sean Cupper coming. Wow! No, I, I, wow. I, well, Chris, look
0: at that. You know, well, I, I gotta wanna, say, it sure took 15 minutes to get your dig in, but you finally right got there, it man. in. So, congratulations. I hope it felt nice. <laughs> that was good. I hope I, so you're smiling. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm happy for you. <laughs> so, so don't worry. Tony's gonna go next. Okay. I just but to make sure I'm gonna Tony ask gonna you. I'm, thank you, buddy. Looking out for me. That's you know. So. With all the goal scoring that's going on right now, there are a couple of guys that are not putting the puck in the net. In fact, there's one guy who hasn't even scored one goal yet this season. (laughs) And I'm talking about Anders Lee, the captain, and Jordan Eberle, the hero of the first round of the playoffs last year. So, A, let's talk about why they're not scoring, what you're seeing from those guys. And B, does it really matter right now?
2: I mean, the thing with the Islanders is you don't necessarily—they don't have a superstar. So there's not there's not one there's not one player that's really going to make a huge impact on the game whether you score or not. It's a team effort. When they win, they're playing at their team back. I
0: beg to differ, Matt Barzell, Christian. I think he's a superstar. Mm. All right, ladies
2: and gentlemen, is Matt
0: Barzell a superstar?
2: he's very good. There's no doubt about it. He's very good. Going to be a superstar? You're not going to make a lot of friends here tonight. (laughs) You're not. Ask, you asked me about John Tavares, and I really won't make a lot of friends <laughs> here. <laughs> Matt Barzell is very good. He's gonna make it all, make the all-star team. There's no doubt. And there's a reason why he's one of the team's top scorers. For sure. But when you talk about the Islanders, it is not just all right, Matt Barzell is the superstar and he takes he takes over games. He absolutely takes over certain plays. He makes a lot of good puck movement, he's very good with the puck. Um, you know, he can out he can outmaneuver half the half the team sometimes on, on the opposing play. But when you look at the Islanders as a whole, you don't necessarily need Jordan Eberle to step up every night or Andrews Lee to step up every night. You have guys across that line of stepping up and scoring. Casey Zizek is out there putting the puck in that. You have, um, you know, uh, Broussard going out there and putting up goals, and he had a couple a stretch where he was scoring. So this isn't a team that goes out and you have one player, one superstar, or one or two guys that are going out there. And if they're not scoring, nobody else is scoring. It's, the team, it's a team game. And you have a lot of different guys contributing So when Anders Lee or Jordan Eberle Even when Barzal doesn't put the puck in the back of the net Even you look at Vovillier You were talking before about how hot Vovillier is Six goals in the last four games He had a long dry spell before that So I mean, the team was still making up the difference When other guys don't contribute
0: And that's how an 82-game season goes Not everybody's going to be firing at once But if some guys are going to slump As long as there's somebody there to pick up the slack right? Who, why complain? You win fifteen out of sixteen games, and you take point one point in the other one. They're, I think it's okay.
1: They're figuring out a way to do it. So I mean, you know, it doesn't. It's not just one guy. It's a different guy every night, except for Brock Nelson, who seems to be scoring game-winning goals on a Dude's on weekly fire. basis at this point. But <laughs> other than fire. that, I mean, everybody else is contributing. So you I mean, really, other than Everly, and he did miss a lot of time with an injury. So right, right.
0: Yeah, you got to give him some slack for that. Yeah,
1: I mean, he'll he'll, he'll get there eventually. I think uh, so. What I want to talk about, okay. <laughs> is uh, is a goaltending rotation which is on track from game one this season, uh, and I mean, look, everybody, everybody wanted to criticize the New York Islanders for not bringing Brack Robert Leonard. Okay, everyone said that the Islanders' goaltending situation was going to go from being the best in the NHL to being in the middle. It was right, going to be right. terrible. It was Semyon Valamov is not the same goalie anymore. Everybody's wrong because right now they're just doing exactly what they were doing last year. I mean they're talking about Thomas Grice as if he is a, uh, a Vezina a trophy candidate at this point. Uh, he's nine and one, he's got a two oh seven goals against, he's got a nine thirty-four save percentage, which is outstanding. And Varlamov has been no slouch either. He's seven and two, his his goals against is a little bit higher. He's given up a couple of goals the last few games, but he's still making the big saves when he has to you know talk about these two guys and, and what you're seeing from them and when when you know in the, the and the conversations that you've had with either one of them
2: yeah no i mean it's it's the same thing you saw with robin Leonard and, and, and grice last year and this is a duo that's really benefited from two great goaltending coaches that the Islanders have and you're seeing it on the ice and they're also they're also benefiting from a great defensive system that Barry Trotz has put in place in front of them and you're seeing those those guys in front of them step up and when when they fall short you're seeing grice and varlam make those big saves when they have to they have great um, most nights they're, they're moving well, they're seeing the puck well, and they're making those clutch saves. There's been a couple of goals where Bryce or Garlamov likely would have won back, but that's always going to happen. But they've been stellar. Um, and like I said, I think it's kind of a product of having two great goaltending coaches that have turned around a lot of great careers over the course of their own career. Um, you know, Look at what some of the stuff that they've done in Washington and Nashville. Um, and even last year with Robin Leonard, who, became, who went from a guy who everyone wrote off to a guy who was a the finals, so I mean that wasn't by accident and that just doesn't happen that it doesn't just happen overnight and it just doesn't happen coincidentally because the same two people are working with all these different goalt- goaltenders right say. well
1: I mean and they went from two years ago having zero goaltenders <laughs> now to all of a sudden having three right. because you have the two on a current roster and then you have that looming guy over in Russia now that the, the right. talk is is that he's not talking about extension he is fully committed to coming to the NHL next well, year
2: which kind of makes sense now it kind of puts into focus why Lamoureux was so gung-ho and getting Varlamov to come over here. They obviously have a pre-existing relationship with, um, with. Sor- he has a pre-existing relationship with Sorokin. Um, their agent, their American based agents, I think are the same are the guy. Same guy yeah. So, you have a guy like Sorokin potentially coming in next year. Rice is on the last year of his deal and it's unfortunate it would be to see him go. You still have a kid if, waiting in the wing. If know. he's
0: willing to come you have to bring him up. Oh, there's, oh no I mean, there's no question. I question 24 years old killing it over in the KHL, 6 Look, He's a potential franchise goalie here for the long term. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a no-brainer. Now, granted, he has not done a damn thing here in North America yet. We don't know. Right, of course. And you see some guys coming over, like uh, Koskinen now up in Edmonton. So you get a little bit of a taste. But look, he was never as touted as Ilya Sorokin. He was never dubbed the best goaltender outside of the NHL. So certainly it sounds like Sorokin has the pedigree to be successful here in the States. And look, maybe all of that development that he had out in the KHL ends up being worth it, ends up being helpful. Now, we wanted to see him here maybe two or three years (laughs) sooner. Right, of course. But look, if he's willing to come over next year, as amazing as Thomas Grice has been, and not only this year and last year, you can never forget the the season he had when they won that first-round series against the Panthers. But look, the guy is, what, 34 years old. He doesn't have much career left, even though he's playing great right now. If you can replace him and potentially lower your salary cap hit and bring in Sorokin on an ELC yeah. and then have him ride shotgun with Varlamov, even if he needs a little time right. to, to get used to the North American game, you still have Varlamov there. And look, you get this guy locked up for the long term, and then all of a
2: sudden your goaltending, you don't got to worry about it for a very long time. Oh, 100%. That's something the Islanders really haven't had in the last uh, 20 years almost think about it. Rick DiPietro is the last great hope in net, and we all remember how well that panned We out. do so remember how that I think went. That, this that is, is burned into our brains. Time. The Islanders <laughs> have kind of a real plan set in place where they have a guy who's going to who can kind of ride it out as the veteran and kind of lead someone and, and kind of be their mentor, and then they have that ability. As, as the plan all works out correctly, which, you know, sometimes does, sometimes doesn't, you guys, you have a guy who can flip in and jump in there and take over the reins.
1: Well, and then last year we had a talk all about the fact that Robin Leonard was going to be an unrestricted right. free agent in the year. Now we're going to have the talk of Thomas Grice is going to be unrestricted free agent this year. Because there's, there's fans out there that are already throwing out questions like, do we sign him to a long-term deal? I mean, I think we all know what Thomas Grice has done. I think that everyone sees the plan that's here. But Thomas Grice at 33 years old, if I'm not mistaken, 34, right, 34 is going to look to get a three-year deal the Islanders can't afford to do that if they're going to bring no. this kid over from Russia. So I, I just don't see a match there.
2: And the nice, the nice thing, though, is the like, this won't be one of those things where it's going to be looming over everything for the foreseeable future because Thomas Bryce already said he's not talking contract till after the season's right. over. So. And, and 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 it's a smart it's a, move by him. Not something you got to worry
0: about. I have to interject for a second and just go over something really quick with Tony because this is not an official Hockey Night New York show unless I do this. So, Tony, we're officially at the quarter mark of the season. The Islanders are 16-3-1 with 33 points in 20 games played. This is their best 20-game start in franchise history. They're second in the league. Three points back of the first overall Washington Capitals with four games in hand and pretty much games in hand over everybody in the league. So, Tony, I need to ask you this question. How does it feel to be Tony Stabil?
1: I mean, it could be in first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You bastard!
2: <laughs> I mean, that's a good. One. He has the you team, He has the mentality bitch. of the team, though. Tony encapsulates what <laughs> <laughs> Lou Lamoriello and Barry Trotz. They could try be in preach. first. place. They could
0: be
1: in first place. They could be number one in the NHL. I mean, really. I mean, you got, look. What are we doing here? I mean, honestly, what are we we're doing? We're playing here? for this right here. This I, is what we're, we're playing, playing for. Here it is. We're playing Jenga. That's what No,
2: no more <laughs> Jenga. Uh, no, here.
1: Look, this is what it's all about, folks. Right? Right? That's right. This is what it's all
0: about. That's right. So
2: no, that's right. I like Tony's mentality. I think that's what the team would like. And you
0: Hey, hey, folks, I got a question for you. <laughs> are the New York Island Stanley Cup contenders this year or what? Really? Wow. Really? It's got to be more than that. Are the New York Islanders Stanley Cup contenders this year?
2: Wow, this is wow. sad. You
0: guys should all go home. All right. <laughs> Why I are you know. even here? Why are you here? And
1: cautiously optimistic. This is sad. It's it cautiously I'm
0: optimistic. That guy gets it. That there guy he is. Gets he stood it. up. There you go. Yes. In the, is that a Val Filpula jersey, by the it way? Is. Very nice. nice. Yeah. Very nice. That's I like That's a jersey it. win right there. I hope, there, I hope you were looking win. long term with that one. Got to love that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's All not right, even so a we'll, Nielsen we'll, we'll jersey that, we, that he converted to a Filpula we'll jersey. We'll try again was, later. He bought that with that in mind. I, yeah, I, I suppose so.
0: I had a deal last year our uh, game one. So game one of last year, I had a deal with my buddy. It was whoever scores first goal this season. I'm getting his jersey, and Val uh, Fabula scores first uh, goal. Right? he saw that! A man I'm of like his word, running. and you follow through. A oh, man of his word. If it was like, if it was someone else, I'd be like, mm, maybe I love Val. Val is unbelievable. He I mean, was great. For served, the one year he was here, he was yes, great. He, was. he, served, he filled his role. He served his purpose well, wore the jersey with the No pride, doubt about it. And now Broussard's taking his spot, and he's doing great. That's right. That's, that's right. right. And that's, that's a collector's good. item now. Very nice oh, jersey. yeah. People are going to look back at this five years and be like, oh, I'll it. I forgot when he played with us. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, man. Well, thanks for helping us out here. Appreciate Excellent. it, lot. Good stuff. Good stuff. So does that mean All he's right. going
2: to get a Derek Broussard jersey next? I I'm sorry, what's that, Chris? Does that mean he's got to get a Broussard jersey next now? Oh, you might have to get a he Broussard jersey might have jersey to get now. a Broussard
1: jersey. Yeah. yeah. I right, come out to the next one. i got to see a Broussard jersey, though.
0: <laughs> All right? Number 10. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so let's let's reel it back in. We got the hat as a feel out of the way. I mean, again, Tony, I had mean, to look, be done. This, this and it's my fault for for forgetting. No,
1: it's fine, but you it, know, it, we had to do it. it. It's not like we forgot the hero week or anything. Look,
2: no, Tony's not satisfied. It's <laughs> never he happened Stanley Cup. I, that only All happened
0: right. uh, recently. <laughs> so, once, right? Let's let's talk about the superstar on this team right now, Matt Parcel. number thirteen. Let's I'm talk about that guy. I say something
2: about Tavares, but I spit my tongue. <laughs>
0: I'm glad you did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for holding back. So Matt Barzell, he's a point-of-game guy right now. He's got 20 yeah. points on the year in the 20 games played. He had a three-assist nice. night Thursday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He continues to cement himself as the production leader on this team. So even though you you have a, a conflict of brain here, Christian, <laughs> as far as considering, considering him a superstar, let's talk about the growth of this player as the, the number one guy in the New York Islanders?
2: What's the, what's the question here, Sean?
0: Let's talk about wow. the growth of this let's, player.
2: Let's talk about it's not a question. <laughs> no, he's obviously very good. There's no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, he, he goes out and he, he puts on a performance every night of he's on the ice. No doubt about it. And like I was saying before, he goes out there and he just spins circles around other opponents' players and... You know, he weaves around the defense, and he does, does a great job of setting the other linemates up. And uh, I, I think you've seen a lot of growth in his game. Obviously, last year he took kind of a step back points-wise right. under the Barry Trot system, but I don't think that was necessarily a reflection of the way he was playing. It was a reflection of him more of a, complete to a new game system. Yes, exactly. Right. And you're kind of seeing that come full circle around now where he's now can play in both ends of the ice, and he can do the offensive stuff that everyone's kind of gotten used to seeing him play. Absolutely. But, Sean, let's talk about that. <laughs> Touche pal. Look at that, Touché. bro. He's like, he's trying to buddy, drive the shot. Like, love it. He's on point. I love it. I love that's it. That's why we bring him on. That's, that's the one question when you go through journalism school, you always get told never to ask. Never finish this. Let's talk about it. Because it's really not a question. It's just more of a. Well, it. that's all the time we have for Chris and Arnold tonight.
0: So, Chris, thank you so that's much That's a good for thing. Just cut off. Really that's, that's,
1: that's, that's very professional <laughs> of
0: you, buddy. Thank you.
1: Uh, so let's let's dive into the one area that we haven't talked about yet, right? And let's talk about. Make uh, sure
0: there's a question mark after this. No, Tony, I've no, talking about certain subjects.
1: Fair enough. Oh, I, bro, I could just like okay. write it on a piece of paper, throw it, and he'll answer it. <laughs> so that's this is just this is my boy right there. All right, All right so okay. let's talk about the uh, the Islanders' uh, number one duo, the young defense pair that they have they have put together and that has been so instrumental in everything that's gone on so far this year and last year, and that's Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock. The P&P boys, if you want to call them that, or whatever you're going to call them, but they have done a spectacular job Pellick is is as steady as a defenseman yes, as they go yes. Ryan pullock he's I don't think that kid has even scratched the surface of how good he could be he just seems to get better and better and does things that you never expect this is the same guy that they didn't even want to put on the ice right. a couple of years <laughs> right, ago and now playoffs, all of a sudden yeah. he is on the ice 25 26 minutes a night the talk about those two and what they and what they How important they are to this lineup.
2: I mean, they've really become such big players on the Islanders' blue lines. Even going back to last year. These are two guys who Barry Trotz trusts in some of the most important situations in a game. You'll see them out there against some of the toughest uh, opponents. Uh, that the opposing team has to offer These guys play responsibly in their own end You look at Adam Pellick's play over the last couple games He's always the one you're seeing hustling back To make up, uh, make a big defensive play Break up an offensive opportunity for opposing team You know, he obviously knows how to use his body As does Ryan Pulak And they both have big shots offensively So you're seeing them put up a couple points here and there Obviously for Adam Pellick Offense is not a huge part of his game, but he's always happy to contribute when he, when he can get on the scoreboard. Um, Ryan Pulog obviously, everyone was always fascinated with that big shot that he had um, and that people remember... Uh, that, uh, that seeing when he was coming up through the minors and, and when he was a prospect and, and juniors and whatnot. So these are two guys who have become such big parts of the Islanders' defensive core. And I want to throw in Scott Mayfield, too, who has become Please. such a tremendous part of that as well. He's a guy who, who, like Pellick, is responsible on his own end. He's a big body, knows how to throw around, um, you know, make those big hits and make a couple good plays. And, and he can put up a goal or two. I mean, had a couple big, couple big goals last... Uh, a couple of games, so I uh, Mayfield deserves as much credit as, as Pelec and Pulak, and even you look at the play of Johnny Boychuk, who's kind of found his way back into where you'd want to see him. Nick Letty, you know, he had a, a rough couple of years, uh, you know, before this year, and he comes back and he's kind of turned that corner. You're seeing him back to where he should be uh, as far as what the Islanders expected when they brought him in. Well, and this is,
1: and I'm glad you brought up Johnny Boychuk because you look at this team and you have such a, a uh, a mix of younger players, right. of of you know young stars, you have, uh, and your veteran presence up and down the lineup, right. up and down the lineup. And Boychuk is a guy who we went into the season talking about the fact that he was going to be the seventh defenseman. Right. He was going to be in and out of the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Noah Dobson was going to be in there. Nick Letty was getting traded. There were so many different right. things. Right. And honestly, nobody is is clamoring for Dobson to be in the lineup every night because this unit is like it's been unbelievable on a night in night out basis. You you almost say to yourself you can't make any changes because of the way that they played and Boychuk is a big part of that. Yeah. He's throwing his body around. He's blocking shots. He's you know he's making plays. I mean, how many times has he made a play that's led to a goal or a game-winning goal? He's just he's constantly doing something. And a guy who we thought was. Not is was in the twilight of his career is showing a resurgence.
2: He's a little, it's a little reminiscent to the 2014 15 Johnny Boychuck that you saw a couple years ago. For Mm -hmm. sure, he's doing all those things that he was doing that year, he's doing them again this year. And you're seeing him, like I said, throwing the body around, he's getting in front of shots. Um, you know he's not afraid to make those those big plays that sets up something offensively, and obviously everyone knows Johnny Boychuk has a rocket of a cannon uh, when he when he can wind up and get a shot off. And that has created a problem
0: for the young Noah Dobson. <laughs> yes, it has a huge That's problem.
2: It. And and Dobson hasn't looked bad. I want not, I, I at, wanna all. Go out not at all. Not at all. He does he just, not look out of place no at all room for him at the moment. Right, Which it's, is a good it's, problem. It's
0: crazy. It, absolutely, it's a good problem to have in the sense that the team is obviously playing as well as they have. We're seeing a great year out of Johnny Boychuk so right. far. And the fact that now we're a quarter of the games into the season and there hasn't been a significant injury on defense, and that's been a huge part of it. it. And this goes back to last season, too, where, I mean, this team, especially the defense, was relatively healthy all year. So, I mean, Dobson, I mean, certainly isn't wishing for anybody to get hurt, Right. but we know he wants to get out there, and he just hasn't gotten a shot because this team's playing so well. You know, winning all these games. Again, you knock
1: different. on the wood behind you, please, when you jade <laughs> oh, out right. yeah. with the yeah. defense, please. Yeah, please knock on the wood. That was a you.
2: very bold proclamation. Very, <laughs> very bold. And you've said
1: <laughs> but, it more than once, and I cringe every time I don't, you do it. I
2: don't disagree with you, and they've Look, really been the ju- beneficiary of it. So you just got to acknowledge the facts here. <laughs> Look, I mean, injuries happen.
0: And when they, they do, do, if you want to point the finger at me for jinxing it, that's fine. I will accept that. I'll do that. That's fine. That's fine. But, but it'll be the middle finger, too, probably. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, That's I, f- I, screen, I don't Chris. mind. That's fine.
1: You do remember our time from the press box together.
0: Yes. <laughs> Pretty sure Christian's muttered that under his breath a few times in response to some of my, my tweets to him over the years. But well, anyway. Chris had
1: the good seat. Chris used to sit in the first row. like I got to sit up behind, like, the DJ. So <laughs> he had the really Look, nice you're seat You're they front you into the damn building. Let's no, be no honest. No kidding. I'm, I'm grateful right. every day. Right.
0: So, you know... I guess we're just going to accept the fact that Dobson's not getting into the lineup, yeah, right? I mean, you just have to because gonna, of the way they're playing. There's
2: going to be a point where there's going to be an injury, and I think Dobson is the first guy that gets back into that, into that spot to make an opportunity for himself and, and to make his mark. I mean, like I said, it's not like he played bad, but he never played well enough to break that line and force Barry Trotz to go, hey, right. you know, if someone comes back healthier, hey, like, I can take out um, a Pellick or Pulak or Mayfield or anyone in that blue line, and it won't um, negatively impact the team.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. So we're just going to have to wait. Whether it's for an injury, or maybe, you know what? Now, I don't want to jinx anything else here, but it might take the first loss if and when it happens. But you know what? This team might just
2: win for the rest of the season. It's possible. (laughs) They can do it. I've had that thought over the last, you know, six games. Is that games right? Where it's just like this team is never going to lose, or they're never not going to get. I mean, they're whenever like,
0: they're in dire straits, they find a way to pull well, themselves out of it.
2: We have watched but the Philly you know, game, the, pits, the two Pittsburgh games. Right. And like one of these is not. Is like there's no way they can come back three times.
0: Well, look at that NHL record that they broke. Where right. what was it? The first time in NHL history that a team came back from two goals down with goals. what six or seven minutes left in in the third period. Yep. And they did it twice in a row? Twice in a week? Back to back? Yes. Well, tr- that was the record. It was back to back.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's it's, it's, it's Now, that's a question I have for you, sure. okay? It's a, it's a great time it, to be an Islander fan. Well, it <laughs> is. But and what is yeah. it? What is the sense? Like, what is the sense? When, these, when they go down by a goal or two goals, is it just like, no, this game ain't over yet. It's yeah. got to be that way, that's
2: right? The, I mean, That's the sense. It's, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier was that confidence, that belief that the Islanders have in themselves where they're down one, two, three goals, and they go, you know, if we just got to get one You get one more, and you get one more, and and things kind of fall into place. They always believe that they can come back, and they always believe that they're still in a game. I do want to make a side note, though. It's funny you just said it was a good time to be an Islander fan because there was a guy on the train coming back from the Penguins-Islanders games who said that very intoxicated says about a three or four times. <laughs> okay, I like how you preface so the, it with the, that. the conductor as he passed by is like, you know, it's just it's just such a great time to be an Islanders fan. And there we go. There we go. <laughs> it was actually a column that Well, it's one true. One of it our is. writers did on Islanders Insight, Joe Pantorno, he's the sports editor over at Metro Newspapers in New York and does a column each week for Islanders Insight. Uh, IslandersInsight.com, uh, SportsDaily.com backslash Islanders Insight if you want to find it as well. Right on. Um, and what his lead was that the, the talking about the inebriated guy that was on the train. Talking That's about pretty it. funny. But it really it's it's such a true statement. As funny as it is that he was drunk and saying that, it's such an amazing time to be an Islander fan because this team just does so much and just has really brought a lot of pride to the people who yes. wore the jersey for a long time. And
0: especially for those of us that did not live through the right. dynasty.
2: Right. There's a lot of people my age, you know, your guys' age that, you know, really weren't, you know, following hockey no. when the team was playing well. Even there's, 93, that's a stretch for some there, people.
0: Right. That's what I was about to say. There's a lot of people out there, I can tell just by looking at it, there's a lot of people in here that don't even know what happened in 93. Or they know, right. but they weren't around to see it, they weren't around to enjoy it. And all of that was, was one run to the conference right. finals. Right. And that's it. So you look at... The fact that there are still even fans around that young, right, that are coming yes. in and supporting this team. And this is really their first taste. of, And it's still modest, but <laughs> any bit of decent success. The fact that they're, they're challenging for first overall in the league. The fact that they're breaking records here with a 16-game point right. streak, first time in franchise history. So, yeah, I mean, you can't say it any better. It really is a great time to right. be an Islander fan. And for the first time... Long time. You know, you, you can look back at the Capuano right. first round win. You can look back at, you know, some of the, the little blips of right. m- mild success. Chances, yeah. This is the first time where you can look at it and say, you know what? Lou Lamarello is the general manager. Barry Trots is the head coach. They they have a pedigree. They've been there. They've won Stanley Cups. You're not you're not banking your 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 coaching situation on Jack Capuano and those guys who've never done it before or anybody right. else. I mean, this is something that you can very confidently go to sleep at night saying this this can be long term. This is and, something that's and, sustainable. And
1: you're not even talking about John Ledecky and Scott Malkin who well, well, are the in front there, of the top. None of this happens without those two guys. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, you, this this organization. Is never been in as good a hands as it is right now. Between the stable ownership, between Lou Lamarillo at the, at the, at the, at the top, Barry Trotts behind the bench, new building going up, which we never in our lifetime thought was <laughs> going right, to happen. Baby. It's finally happening. There is a lot to be excited about, and it's not just the stuff on the right. ice for I once. I
2: mean, I think there was a moment. I, I think I was on after the... After the Belmont groundbreaking where it was just such a surreal moment that you were even standing there saying, wow, they're breaking ground on a brand-new Islanders arena. But you're 100% right. I mean, ownership has really taken the ball and run, and they've really brought back that, you know, talking about culture when it comes to Lamoureux and Barry Trotz, they've brought back that Islander coach culture where you have alumni who are proud to come back now and showing off the games. You have alumni almost at every game now, it seems like. Um, you have uh, an ownership group that's truly invested. And I'm, I'm not saying that the previous ownership wasn't, because they, uh, Charles Wong did a lot to keep this Islanders franchise in, on Long Island in New York, and I mean he left the the building blocks for this Belmont Arena to be finished by the new ownership group. So you got to give him credit there. But he is, but Ledecky and Scott Malkin, to an extent, uh, they are guys who are passionate about this team. You see it in the way John Ledecky talks about the Islanders. You see it in the way he's almost he's there at almost every game. He's cheering on. Uh, his team and the way he interacts with the fan base and, and honestly too I've never seen so many celebrities start showing up to games yes. at the Sparkle yeah. in oh, Damian
1: Woody is the newest guy the Damian guy Woody the is a
2: huge super fan you had um, uh, one of the US it's, Olympic gymnasts was at the game a couple of weeks ago the uh-huh. country star was there Noah Syndergaard right. was at a, an Islander game a couple of weeks ago so I mean the, the Islanders have just, like, low key become kind it's, of a hot it's ticket it's finally
0: cool to be an yes, Islander yeah. fan right when was the last time that happened it's, never it's not
2: Kevin Connolly anymore
0: Right. It's not just. That guy yeah. is still it's around. Not, it's just not just right. people
2: that, and he's you know. I don't want to He threw a tweet macho. at John Tavares
1: the other day. He's still trolling John Tavares.
0: I mean, look, Carl, I was like, look at this. Everybody's, everybody's going to need their own time frame here <laughs> to get over that situation. Yeah, well, apparently some some that everybody may never. Has. Some, it might take 10 years. Some, it might take a little longer. Maybe sure, five years. I'm sure there's a few people who are... Smirking a little bit at the situation going on in Toronto, I'm I'm pretty certain that that's the case. The okay. other
1: thing that I, I, I just want to mention when now we're talking about ownership is right. that they really when they hired Lou, they gave him yes. control. Yes. Okay, yes. they decided to eat that ridiculous contract of Guard Snow. Okay, they decided to to the same thing with Doug Weight. They let the two of them go. Right, I mean uh, technically they still work for the team, but I mean they're still being paid right, and they right. will be for quite a long time, as far as I understand. Okay, so you have that situation that they did, that they took care of. They they bring Lou in, and even with the building and all this other stuff going on, to you know everything else, they never mandated you need to do this, you have to do that, or anything like that. They basically have said, you are the hockey people, do what you need to do. We will take care of everything else, and they have. They've they put a lot of money in. They they purchased the um, the ice rink, which was uh, that was Charles Wong that bought it. And they put all of that money into it to uh, you, to make it one of the best right. in the NHL, from what I understand. Okay, they they did what they had to do to get the, the games back at the Coliseum. I guarantee you that they are not making the money that they should by having the games there, but they're they're looking Possibly down not. the road that this is going to pay off, and that you know you're making your fan base happy, which right. is always going to help. But they have done all the right things that ownership should do. They're not meddling. They're not you know forcing their their hand. They're not you know. Doing anything other than hired Lou and say do your thing, and they ha- and, and Lou has delivered on that. So you got to give a tremendous amount of credit to the ownership and what and how they've they've, they've handled everything that they've handled so far.
2: Yeah, oh, 100%. The Islanders got. Uh, put in great hands when when Charles Wong sold to Scott Malkin and John Ledecky. Now it's funny too because at one point it seemed like Andrew Barway was going to end up being an owner. There Which was, you
1: saw what happened in Arizona with that. I that was thank
2: mess. goodness Terro- that didn't out happen. My God, a guy who maybe wasn't fully invested as so he should have been in a hockey team. And, and I, rem- out for the I remember, I remember really there did. were
0: fans that were upset when Wong yes. pulled the rug out from under him. Yes, and upset, it worked. Out pissed, of pissed off, hung- yeah. Pissed. I, I'm
2: sure there's a point where Charles Wong, who again. He, Gets a bad rep sometimes, but he's the guy who was passionate about the Islanders. He kept them here. Yeah, and lost a lot of a lot of money, and he pulled out of
1: that down. deal. Remember, he, he took a lot no, of heat for that. look. If and I think, I think shoot, there was a no part less. of him.
2: I think there was a lot a part of him that maybe saw that the writing on. Oh, the he wall definitely did. And saw he what definitely did. And John LeDecky. I mean, those are two, again two guys. Yeah. who were passionate about what they bought. John LeDecky obviously the face of that.
0: As this current history continues to be written. And should the success continue when they go higher and higher, win win a Stanley Cup or two, let's see. But that is actually going to be a moment that we're always going to look back on. The fact that Charles Wong came this close to selling the team to Angie Barraway for whatever reason, like you said, pulled the plug last minute. He even got sued over it by Barraway. And he ends up, for whatever reason, like you said, maybe he went with his gut or. You know, he got some kind of... He also got more money from,
2: from Scott Malkin. That helps. He yes, more
0: money definitely over helps. Over a half
2: a, million doll- half a billion dollars. Yeah, that's team, a lot of money.
0: Which is... So, I, I, I could see that.
2: At that <laughs> juncture, too, It's uh, not many people were going to pay over half a billion right. dollars. Right. So, dollar,
0: so, but but again, he could have just said, all right, Barroway, you got the team. Right, right. But he pulled it away. And walked away. And it now, been it. I mean, I don't think there's one person in the Islander fandom that's even the least bit upset <laughs> no. with John Ledecky and Scott Malkin no, and what they've done with least, this team ever since they took He's over. He's the
2: most uh, I want to say available owner to probably in any of the big four sports teams. He's theaters. a fan. Oh, 100%. Fan. Fan. He's riding the train. Yeah. He's out there on the concourse. High-fiving
0: fans. I mean, I mean he, you see him behind the glass yeah. jumping when they score on goals. I he, mean, this he, guy genuinely loves watching he this does, team succeed. He
2: understands, yeah. he understands that that's a part of being an owner and being a steward. Right. And they've used that word so many times of being a steward of the franchise. And I think uh, John Ledecky and Scott Marker are both guys who really do take that seriously. And it shows from... What they've been able to do, hiring Lou Lamoureux and going, all right, you, you have three Stanley Cup championships to your name in New Jersey. You do what you got to do, and we'll just write the check when you need us. Just, you know, we'll be over here.
0: Right, absolutely. And, and may they own this team for a very, very long time so that the odds remain in good hands because, you know what, everybody here deserves that because of all the, just the, the crap that this fan base has gone through for decades. And to finally have some solid ownership and then on all the way down through management, the players on the ice... Um, it's a breath of fresh air and, and may it continue for a very long time because, as we all know, there's been a lot of hard times here on Long Island. So it's great stuff. So, I don't know. We have about maybe 20, 30 minutes left in the show. We'll see how it goes. But I want to go over some numbers real quick with you guys, you know, because you look at what this team did last year, and it was all about the defense. It was all about the defense, and the offense was lacking and You know their goals for really wasn't up there. So right now, as we stand, twenty games into the season, this team is scoring at a pace of three point three five goals. That's good for tenth overall in the league. They are in the top third of this league. That was that was a concern going into this season. So far, it hasn't been a problem. We've already touched on the guys who have contributed to that number, and you couple that with being fourth overall in goals against a two point four zero. Per game so far. Just talk about how there's more of a balance to this team, which is probably playing into why this team is as successful as they have been so far.
2: Oh, 100. I mean, question su- mark? <laughs> no, I'd be happy to talk about it, John. You know, you look at the Islanders, and, and like you said, top to bottom, they're getting goals, they're getting production top to bottom. and That's something that past teams haven't been able to do. Um, and and it's even when they when they're not getting that top to bottom score, and they're still finding ways to win. But obviously, when they're playing Islanders hockey, and that's the way that Barry Trott's system is really designed is. You should be able to find the, the back of the net with anyone on the on the ice. They're obviously going to create offense differently. They're obviously going to create their chances more frequently on the top six than the bottom six. But you're seeing those guys still step up into those roles. And you're, you're, but again, you look at the, the bottom six, and that's quality depth players that the Islanders have down there. And then they're finding ways that you know you got a guy like Derek Broussard, you move him to the wing, and all of a sudden he's finding that game that that you wanted to see from him. Um, and he's kind of changed his entire mindset. And you're seeing, you know, Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Zegus, and, um, you know, Matt Martin when he's healthy be uh, good when they're out on the ice. Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought there for a second. It's okay. And It happens. You look at them even when they're shorthanded. You're getting, cases, you're getting shorthanded goals from Zegus and Clutterbuck, and they're creating those opportunities. So th- this is a team that's generating those chances across the board, and that's what you needed.
1: Well, and another thing that uh, th- that kind of gets overlooked with this team is the depth. I mean, you have guys who yeah. can contribute yeah. at every spot, and then guys who can contribute that are sitting in the press box. I mean, that's <laughs> that's yeah. uh, something Islander teams have not had for decades, because you'd always have some guy on a team playing on the fourth line or the third line that didn't even belong to be in the NHL. <laughs> right. You know. And now right. you have guys who would be starting. That are sitting in the press box on a nightly basis. So yeah, it's it is a it's it's an unbelievable thing that they're able to to have the depth that they have, and I believe that that's a big contribution to that number because when, even when you have injuries, you got guys who can step in the lineup and take care and get and get the job done.
2: Yeah, I mean that's also a credit too to the system that the Islanders have dealt from Bridgeport and juniors and, and developing guys when they come for prospect camp, and also obviously the guys that they drafted and. Um, you know, it's been one thing that's always kind of been a, a criticism for a lot of people of who the Islanders have drafted over the years. You're starting to see it pay off now. You're starting to see those guys, even like you were talking about Michael Cole, who went from a guy who the Islanders drafted very high, maybe a little too high for what he actually is here in the NHL, but he's still developed into a pretty solid player um, here under Barry Trotz's system in the last year or so. And you're seeing other guys kind of step up and, and kind of fill those holes too. No, absolutely. I, I mean, look,
1: I mean... I, I look, at, I look at this team as currently constructed, and you look up and down, right? Yeah. You look at some of the names, and you look at the production out of them, and you say, how is this team doing it on <laughs> yeah. a nightly basis? And it is literally the wonder of everybody is bought in. And they Pretty do, much. as you said before, play the ultimate team game because it's not just one guy even though you have a guy who could probably do it you
2: have a star and right Matt Marzal, and
1: uh-huh. but it doesn't star. have to be that way
0: no and and that's look you can quote this guy as many times as you need to because it's absolutely true Lula amarillo individuals <laughs> do not win championships yes, Agreed. Is, teams do ho-
2: hockey, the one
0: and they, yeah. that's exactly what they're showing on the ice now that's right. is that this team as a collective they they bought into this system they're a well-oiled machine and they're winning games, and they're finding, you know, some crazy ways to do it every now and then. But at the end of the day, they're scoring more goals than the other team, and that's all that matters.
1: That's it, and that's what it all comes down to. But they're figuring out ways to win every night, and it's, it's a pleasure to watch. It really is a pleasure to watch. But. Um
2: train you all my train right? Of thought.
1: I lost my train of thought now. You go. Go ahead. You okay, go ahead. fair enough. Go to your notes. So, no, what do you want to talk about now? What I would like to talk about. I was about ready to start announcing the cornhole game we got going here. Yeah, we got, got a little is really cornhole
0: going. Yeah, I mean, oh, great spot almost. here at Oyster that was Bay Brewery, by the way. I mean, you got some jumbo Jenga going on, some blocks falling left and right. You got the cornhole going now. Great stuff here at Oyster Bay. Obviously, the, the wide selection of beverages are absolutely delicious. I'm sure all you guys are having a good time partaking over there. Sorry to everybody listening at home that uh, that cannot, but we're glad you are tuning in. We're just painting a
1: picture here, pal. We're just painting a picture. And because
0: of this live atmosphere to anybody listening at home or on the archives tomorrow and beyond, we hope the sound quality is at least halfway decent. We hope so. Because uh, obviously we got a little uh, situation going here live, but look, it is what it is. But anyway, moving on to kind of, I guess, lump into this numbers situation and how well they are playing. Another thing you have to talk about is the special teams. And everybody knows how dreadful the power play was last <laughs> yeah. year. We've touched on it multiple times. And But I see an improvement in both aspects of the special teams so far this year. Power oh, play and penalty kill right now, respectively, they are ranked 10th and 12th overall. The power play is succeeding at a 22.7% clip. The penalty kill, 83.1%. And look, maybe they're not in the top of the league, but they're right there you know, around the top third. So you got to love that. And that's really enough to have a successful team, and we're seeing on the ice. Oh, so, well. Christian, I would like to ask you yeah. how you feel about the special
2: teams. Well, uh, let me let me talk about it. Um, you know, Please. You look at the way the special teams has come around, and obviously they changed the guy who's running the power play now, and you, you see a big difference. And oh, they did? Oh, did did that? <laughs> yeah. And you're seeing the, the Islanders be beneficiaries of that because it's the team that's not stagnant. I think that's the one thing that was the biggest Pain to watch last year was that the fact that the penalty, the power play, I should say, they kind of just stood around. They, they found one spot, they played, uh, you know, passed the puck back and forth, and they wouldn't move around and, and be mobile. Now you're seeing the Islanders much more uh, mobile. They're a lot more movement in front of the net. They're not just standing around getting pushed around. They're they're actually moving the puck around. There's a lot of opportunities that are being created. And there's just a lot more crisp passing, too, from the Islanders on the, on the power play. As far as the penalty kills, it's just more aggressive, it just seems like. They are a very aggressive penalty kill, and they, they do good work, and you're seeing them pay off, too, because they're charging guys even in the offensive on the defensive zone where you're seeing an opposing team try and uh, you know, start their play and come up. You're seeing them be more aggressive in attacking them in that end of the ice instead of waiting for them to come to the neutral zone or get into the offensive zone, which is, in turn, creating offensive opportunities for the Islanders shorthanded as well.
0: Right, no question about it. And speaking of power, I'm switching gears here a little bit.
2: Now, I know not everybody
0: pays attention to this stuff, but at the very least it's fun. A lot of people do. One one place that the Islanders are starting to get credit here and some recognition is the the media's power rankings. <laughs> you see the NHL the right. NHL network I saw today, they have the Islanders at number one. Right. I saw ESPN has the Islanders at number one. I believe even Yahoo Sports, NBC Sports Network. Now, it's taken basically you know, three and a half decades for them to get there. (laughs) But, we're seeing the Islanders finally getting some legitimate respect from the media at large. Not just covering the Islanders, but covering the league. Where, look, when you win 15 out of 16 and take points in 16 straight games, you kind of can't ignore it anymore. You can't put it down anymore. As much as some of these pundits want to. So... I don't know, Christian. I don't know if you pay attention to this stuff or not, but do you put any stock in these power rankings or is it just at the very least nice to see that you have people around the league that are giving these guys some credit?
2: I, I think if you're an Islander fan, you're, you're happy to see sure. the, the team finally get the rightful recognition <laughs> that they've... Uh, that they've deserved over the last couple of years or so because this is a very good team. And, and like you said, a lot of people didn't have them uh, pinned to be even better than last year. People thought they would take it right. to unreal. And I, I, I mean, you look at the roster they came back with, I think that wasn't necessarily an unfair opinion, but still, to say that the Islanders would take that big of a downswing after the year they had, it was. It, I'm sure it irked a lot of people, and and, and rightfully so. If you're watching this team and you're seeing them night in and night out, you're seeing what they're doing. It doesn't necessarily, again, not everything they do shows up on the scoreboard. Maybe the games are a little closer than people would have liked, and they go, oh, well, it's it's a close game. They won, but it's a close game, so they're taking away, you know, some of the benefit of the doubt. But I think you're finally seeing people pay attention now and and go, wow, they're winning games every which way they can. And then they're getting the credit they deserve. And I I know the guys in the locker room aren't losing sleep over it, but at the same time, I'm sure... I'm sure they've they've looked and they like a little bit of the recognition because for years, especially a guy like Josh Bailey, who's been here forever, remembers the days when, you know, TSM was calling the Islanders the doormat of the NHL and the Penguins were taking runs at them and, um, you know, other teams were laughing at them. So I'm sure that especially a guy like Josh Bailey kind of appreciates the turn of events that has happened with this organization.
1: Well, personally, I think the power rankings are usually bullshit all the time. I mean, that's (laughs) because I mean, let's be honest. They really are. Last year. Last year, I, I would think it was in February. They still had the Islanders. They were not like the fourth or fifth team in the NHL. They were ranked like 15th, right. Right. which well, was ridiculous. In, in so. fairness,
2: it's also but if you're a national writer, it's hard to watch every team that you're putting on the power rankings. I understand sure that. Well, I'll tell you though, it, the person that does that. the
0: power rankings should watch every they, team in the league, right? Because they they give a very you know at least they try to give a very convincing case that they right. do well, as if as if they are covering the league front to back, which we know that they're not. Because when you have a public, and I know we we've said this on the show before, but when you go into the season and you have a publication called the Hockey News
2: saying oh, that the please. one the one bad thing for the, for the New York Islanders going into the season is their defense, are you kidding me? I can't say I read the Hockey News that much anymore. I, I don't know anybody that does, time.
1: to be honest with you. But I mean, because because of, cause of because of things like that. Because they're completely out of touch. Right. You, you read the articles now. They're all inflammatory. It's not right. about reporting about hockey anymore. It's about you know the shock kind of... you know right. It's it's ridiculous. But honestly, I mean, usually the power rankings are, like I said, are bullshit. But in all <laughs>
0: seriousness... Tony's trying to swear as much as he can. No, well, I, I, I want to try to get it in as much as the, possible. The cursing you
2: know. policy on the show, so I was, I was trying to
0: keep we're, it We're pretty lax. So, okay. Christian, I mean, if you have any pent-up aggression <laughs> that you want to get out tonight... Please feel free. I mean, there are some children here, which we have to be mindful of. <laughs> you should have. You should have been yeah. on tonight. She's with not Chris. paying attention. It's fine. It's,
1: it's playing cornhole. This. She's actually. Yeah, she's really having well, a great time.
0: Uh, she's having a great time. You should
1: have been on the night that, uh, that Chris Bada was on with us after oh. the Guard Snow press conference. Oh my God, that was. They crazy. He was dropping f bombs. Oh, oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It was Chris <laughs> Bada <Botta> unleashed. <laughs> it was. Nice. But yeah, that should have been. I will say, given my my previous thoughts on the power rankings. Yes. They did get them right this time because <laughs> how got could they them not right this be, time. Si- and they have not lost a game in regulation since the beginning of October. Right, October, Thanksgiving for God's sake. I right. mean, you know, yes, they belong to me at number one, but I'll tell you, EJ Raddick tried to sneak to Dallas in there at number two.
0: Dude. Dude.
1: <laughs> EJ Raddick.
0: EJ Raddick. Now, look, huh, this guy grew up an Islander fan, and he works for National Network. He does a good job. But, like, I I watched that video segment today. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but he was with Mike Rupp. Mike Rupp. and Former Islander Mike Rupp. The pain on this man's face. Like, he just (laughs) begrudgingly was like... All right. Well, number one, no, uh, we gotta go I guess there. we got to give it to the Islanders. I don't, yeah, I don't think they they there's this as lost. big a
2: conspiracy that half the national writers in the league hate the Islanders as people like to think. I will say that, do <laughs> Christian. I, do I think you are
0: here to agree with everything we say? <laughs> All
2: right, you don't get an opinion. Well, you've booked the wrong guest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do I think Dude, they get he's it going wrong right back sometimes? at you? 100%. I love it. But I don't necessarily think there's this big conspiracy that they There's the
0: not. Others. There's not. It's but there is the a Toronto very big media. us against they the world suck. situation. The Islanders are, let's be honest, we're a sensitive fan base, and we've been given good reason to be. Oh, I but when you see, you know, just some of these guys who, again, like you've very well pointed out, most of these guys don't even watch the Islander right, games. Right. They don't know how they're winning these games. Everybody here is watching the games. Everybody here knows what's going on, how well they're playing. Right. So when you get somebody who's just like, well, uh, I guess I have no choice, but <laughs> all right, the Islanders are number one. In fine. Fa-
2: in, in fairness, I can explain how the Islanders are winning. I still don't understand it.
0: Well, that's to wow. be expected, Christian. We understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. We're fine with it. We're fine with it. But, sure. Tony, I think you've got to start playing some music, pal. Because yep. we're getting to a very important segment of the show. We only have about 15 minutes later. We're going to get Chris involved in this as well. Cool. Let and, him, yeah. You know, you the know truth what? The truth is we're that. probably all going to pick the same guy, but it doesn't matter. But please cue the song. There it is. Now, folks, if you're, if you're not familiar with Hockey Night in New York, every week we do this show, we have a little segment called The Hero of the Week. So <laughs> let's do it, Tony, playing our favorite hero song from the Foo Fighters. Tony, I believe I went first last time, so that means you're going first this time. Tony Seville, please let everybody know who is your hero of the week. And he's scrambling looking at the stats right oh, now on his laptop. I got it already. He's scrambling. I knew exactly saying, I don't, I don't where know. I was going. Who could it be? Knew who could exactly it be?
1: where I was going, pal. Don't even take I that away. So.
0: You didn't even have to
1: look? No. Wow. Well, I wanted to have you all the of games? the numbers in front of me. All of oh, the numbers wow. in front of me. Because I'm a professional, that's why. Because that's I'm a professional. Well, uh, at least I try to be. Okay, we'll go with that. Well, I think that everybody in this place knows who the hero of the week was this week. Okay, the man's name is Brock Nelson. Okay, four goals, three assists, seven points. He's a plus three. Yeah, he took 14 shots on net, scored overtime winners in the two Pittsburgh games. Unbelievable week. From this guy. A guy who last in the beginning of last season we could not get out of town fast enough. Now all of a sudden <laughs> he is signed long term. He is here for the long good he's here for
0: dude is uh, earned his money. He is earning every yeah. dollar
1: that they gave him in the yes, off season. And he has become an Islander favorite. A fan favorite. It's because true. Because of his play it's on true. the ice. He's got points in his last five games. Got to give it to Brock Nelson. He's the hero of the week.
0: I like it. I like it. Now, Christian, as our guest here, do you have another choice here? I do. It's, you do? Uh, I love it. All right. That's something right.
2: we we've been talking a little bit about, too. Anthony Beauvillier had a couple big goals this game. Okay. This I like it. Um, six goals over his last four games. He had the, the huge goals in Philadelphia, t- included the game-tying goal. He had a game-tying goal. The other night against the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Barclays Center, Um, you're really seeing him play with a lot more confidence now. And and like I said, he he went on a stretch where he just wasn't putting enough goals, but he was still playing pretty well. Now you're seeing kind of all come together. And and that was one of the questions I asked a few of the guys after the game against Pittsburgh is, you know, what is it about Bowen? And Brock Nelson actually was the one who said, you know, he's been playing great even when he hasn't been scoring, but now you're just seeing him be rewarded and he's finally being able to find the back of the net. So Anthony Beauvillier, I think, should be in that conversation as well.
0: I like it. Anthony Bavillier is in the conversation now. Tony already named the true hero, at least as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? Let's spread it around a little bit. Let's let's acknowledge another guy. We talked about him already. Not a superstar in Christian's eyes, but a superstar <laughs> in most of our eyes. Mr. Matt Barzell had a, huge, had a huge night Thursday night. And look, he's been consistent throughout the season here. Again, point-per-game player, and he drives this offense. He is the guy that this team goes to. And you know it didn't take long. You know, once the other guy left and, and went to not so greener pastures up north. Never heard of him. Right. <laughs> right. This guy has has taken this role as the as the on-ice leader of this right. team. Obviously we know Andrews Lee as the captain is the leader of this right. team. Yes, he's the but as far as the, the offense, the production goes, Matt Barzell is your go to guy, and I think he had another great week this week. So you know what? I give a, I give an honorable mention to him as well.
2: Very skilled player, for sure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Alright, so you know, I guess a couple of things we could touch on before we wrap up. Obviously, we'll go through some of the uh, the pleasantries of uh, what's going on tonight. But, you know, we're t- you have to talk about the Barclays Center because, you know, the Islanders are still playing there, even though it's not yes. a lot of games. Yes. Now, I want to give Islander fans a lot of credit because on this show, we've talked about it before, going into the season. We thought that the Barclays Center was going to be a ghost town. We thought that nobody was going to show up. You have the majority of the games at the Nassau Coliseum. And, you know, we all know the majority of fans here prefer to go to the Coliseum for obvious reasons. But credit to you guys, the fans. You guys are still hopping on the train. You guys are still going out to the Barclays Center. And the few games that they've had there so far, you've you've had some decent numbers. So, Christian... What do you think about that?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate the question. Sure, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, the Barclays Center, people are showing, I mean, the last game was like 13. Yeah, 13 and change. I thought so it was going to be. Pretty good crowd. I mean, the, yeah. uh, honestly, I, I think one of the bigger surprises is not to take a, a shot at the Coliseum, but the Coliseum I don't think has drawn yeah. as many fans early on yeah. as, the, as, true. as people imagine. And from what I understand, from what I've heard from other people, is that part of it had to do with the late, get a start of selling tickets for Nassau Coliseum games because they didn't move. You know those couple games from Barclays to Nassau Coliseum till September, or whatever it was, when they had the, the groundbreaking ceremony when they announced that they moved seven additional games to the Nassau Coliseum. So I think that kind of held up ticket sales too. But uh, I mean, it is good to see the fans show up. And I, th- yeah, I think there's still a, there's maybe a sense now. Maybe it's kind of a novelty to go to Barclays Center because right. there's so few games. This there this now. may be it. Like it's so it's just so wacky and it, it, wacky enough that it. Uh, people go just to say like oh i'll go to one more game at barclays center sure also the opponent thursday night's opponent the penguins they usually do travel pretty well and there was right. a, you know a decent number of penguins fans in the building as well but i mean you got to give the fans credit for going to barclays center and and the, the islanders players they, they have to deal in to deal with the back and forth and um so far they've kind of gotten lucky with how the schedule has worked out where a majority in october were right. all of them in october were at nassau coliseum and they had all but one This month at the Barclays Center, so that's kind of probably helped them too with a little bit of the transition.
0: And Tony, do you have anything to add to that conversation? No, it's just that's
1: the one thing that other fan bases kind of have just keep throwing at us now. It's like, oh, they're winning all these games and they're only getting twelve or thirteen thousand people. But I'll tell you, those games, either at Barclays or the Coliseum, no matter how many people are in a building, those buildings are loud. Yes, they. You could hear the fans on television. You could hear it. It is a loud atmosphere at those games, and at
2: Barclays too. You're seeing. You're seeing where there are good seats where you can actually see the ice. People are filling <laughs> those, those sections up, that, and then yeah. you see like that other half of the arena where you can't see a third of the ice. Those are the places that people don't sit. So again, I think it's also to the effect that people are wisening up and go, Alright, if we can get seats around this end, we'll be fine, we'll go. It'll be a decent experience. But if you have to go on the other end, you know, kinda all bets are off there.
0: Sure, sure. And right. and I did say this the other day on Twitter. Now this is not nearly as solid as my last little scoop that I had on the Barclays-Nassau Coliseum situation, but a little birdie did tell me that we may see a few more games moved over to the Coliseum before this season is over.
2: See, I think that's a mistake because I don't think... That moving those games there, uh, considering the way the tickets have sold at Nassau Coliseum already, is a good idea. I think that you're... And I think this is part of why you saw some of those low attendance numbers in October at Nassau Coliseum. Because you moved... There are a few games that you moved from Barclays to Nassau where people were just... Didn't seem like they were going to go to that game. Right. And I think that kind of translated to, all right, well, they already moved the game, so I don't have tickets, so I'm not going to go, and I'll go later. So I, I don't know if that's the most... Wise move at this point. Like I think, if it was up to me, you keep it the way it is. And the next year, if you're really gung ho, move all the games out there for, cri- for God's sakes. It just makes no sense to keep yeah. doing this. Well, nonsense. I'm sure
0: they're mulling over all of that, especially now that they're seeing that people are actually showing up at the Barclays right, where well, most of us expected yeah. that they weren't. <laughs> so maybe they will keep it the same. I'm just sharing some some info that I got. Again, it's not nothing set in stone. Love to know this last scoop you at have. the. Uh, <laughs> well, well you know bad. you should you should pay attention. But anyway. I we'll see what happens reporters. with that. Either way, the majority of the games the Coliseum. Most people are happy about that, and that's fine. So, I think I think we've pretty much reached. You know, I think we covered everything. I think we're pretty good. So maybe we can just go over a little. Uh, you know what we got going on here tonight a little bit. Yeah, uh,
1: you wanna wanna make a a, we got tonight? a lot going on here tonight. Want to make a prediction? That was a great shot, game? by the way, by this guy. You got a
2: double right. right there. That was
0: beautiful. Let's don't make a, prediction. Throw a little
2: wager on here. Next a round of wager. beers. Whoever really? The, uh,
0: you want to bet a beer the, on the game tonight. Yeah. Well, so oh does boy. that mean Here you're not going to bet the Islanders? Is that what you're trying to say?
2: I mean, it depends on what you're going to bet. Otherwise, <laughs> this is all mute point. I'm
0: betting on an Islander win, buddy.
2: All ah, right. Well, then you just ruined it, Sean. Let us be a little <laughs> a All right. How about this? How about this? Final score? I mean, not final score. Uh, yeah, final score.
0: Final score. Okay. Whoever's closest wins. Yeah. All right, Christian, you go first. What's your final score?
2: I think it'll be a 4-2 Islanders win regulation.
0: Four to two. Wow. Okay. I like no. that.
2: Now, will that be with or without an empty net goal? That'll be with an empty.
0: goal. With net an empty net right. goal, right. Christian four two win for the Isles with an empty net goal over the San Jose Sharks. We'll see if he's right or if he's wrong, as usual. <laughs> and uh, my guess, and you can get in on this too, Tony. No, I'm
1: good. I want to just. I want you two to go at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, be my guest.
0: I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say three to
2: one. Empty net goal?
0: No empty net goal. Three
2: to one. I'm gonna say three nice. to one. Solid three to one. Just okay. a
0: solid three to one win. I think Voralomb's gonna have a good game tonight. All right. Yeah. So there's the bet. Gentleman's bet, we'll see. And and, and hopefully you'll be buying me a beer later.
2: Well if it's we'll three to I one hope and, so. and there's I like hope. ten minutes left in the game, I might just <laughs> sneak out of here. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> put that past you,
0: Christian. <laughs> I wouldn't put that past you at all. (laughs) So we want to send a big thanks out to the Oyster Bay Brewing Company for having us here. Having a tremendous time. Absolute fantastic place. The place is packed. Everybody's having a good time. Plenty of drinks on the menu here. You got the cornhole going again, like we said. You got the Jenga going. So big thanks to Oyster Bay for having us. Also want to thank Devin of Yes Men Outfitters. I don't know if he's he's come out from the dungeon yet. I know he's been here. He's here here. somewhere. He's he's printing sweatshirts and shirts for you guys. He's going to have them for sale tonight, I believe. I hope I'm not making up lies here. But as far as that's I what know, he told us, at that's least. what he said that's he was going to be doing. Us. So hopefully, we'll see Devin a little later on, and he didn't get trapped in the dungeon. So, <laughs> thanks to him for helping us put this together. And also, a big thanks out to Brian of Isles Meetups for getting involved and bringing the Isles crowd down here. Great stuff as always. Also, a big thanks to the Orange and Blue Army for coming out. I believe the birthday boy is here, Mr. Tom LaFazzo. So, I a right big to him. Absolutely. Where Make sure she? you buy that man a drink. He's back there. That's right. He's here. He's He's here. here. I, I saw see him. him. I see him. He's see back him there somewhere. Happy I birthday, pal. Him. Happy birthday. <laughs> there
2: <it> is.
0: is. <laughs> Let's go, Islanders. That's right. That's right. And, folks, we just want to let you know that we got some raffles going on here. If you're interested, we have a 50-50 raffle going. So if you guys like money, we will be coming around with tickets. You can win some of that. Also, we have these beautiful... NHL 94 yes 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 t-shirts I assure you that after you iron it it'll look great I apologize (laughs) for the unfortunate look of this one but I I can guarantee it's a wonderful shirt we're actually going to give one of these away after each intermission before the end of the third we're going to do the 50-50 at the end of the game we're also going to be giving away a pair of tickets to next Saturday's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets at the Barclays Center so please get some tickets here and win yourself some tickets win yourself some 50-50 money we're doing it all night tonight. We're going to be coming around. So, folks, really appreciate you guys coming out here tonight. Thank you so much. And, Tony, anything else to say? Nah, man. It's just, this has been a
1: great time to be an Islander fan as your drunken friend on a, hey, on a train set. you said. guys fired up for tonight's game
0: or what? Yeah. Let's go. That's better. Let's go. Let's make it 17. Let's get another win. Let's make it 20. Yeah, there we go. There it is. There we go. There it is. And, of course, a very big thanks to our pal Christian Arnold for coming on to the show from Isles Insight. Make sure you check him out. Does great stuff over there. (laughs) I think we're good to go, Tony. We're good. So cue that music, pal. And there it is. So, folks, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you're not familiar with us, we're called Hockey Night New York. We do a live show every Sunday night at 9 p.m. If you can't catch us live, you can catch the podcast on the archives. Please check us out. we got stickers that we're giving away. we got magnets that we're we're giving away. HockeyNightNY.com is where you check us out. We're on Twitter, at HockeyNightNY. Tony is at Tony's the Bale. Myself is at Shawnee Hockey. Christian is ca underscore c underscore arnold one There you go, C underscore Arnold 01. We want to thank you guys for hanging out with us once again. Let's go Islanders. For Tony Stabile, I'm Sean Cuthbert. Take care, folks.